Well, the riverboat era didn't keep on going very long because it wasn't too long before wood gave more and more scarce along the river routes. The day of the mighty boats was short-lived, and by the 1830s, less than a generation after Lewis and Clark, westward expansion took settlers way out west to the very edges of the frontier. Of course, I mean Indiana, <laughs> Minnesota, Michigan. <laughs> the lumber camps fell to great trees in a fury to open the range for farming. Oh, those camps shared tall tales in the tall timber about the greatest log bucker ever. None was bigger, so sing along. North America was a great big land with a great big job to be done. A job that needed a great big man. Paul Bunyan was the one. Hey, Paul, Paul Bunyan. He's 63, axe handles high with his feet on the ground and his head in the sky. Hey, Paul, Paul Bunyan. Now, you baby boomers will remember this from the wonderful world of Disney about 1958. So sing along on this chorus. I sing, then you sing. He kept on chopping the live long day, and then when it was night, he walked back over the stumps he'd cut and stomped them into sight. Hey, Paul. Paul Bunyan, he's 63 axe handles high, with his feet on the ground and his head in the sky. Hey, Paul, Paul Bunyan. Well, he's probably based in history. There is probably somebody like that. But his fate was sealed with the arrival of the steam-powered locomotives that could outwork the biggest man. And yet his legend lives big time. <laughs> now in 1845, the first sawmill in Montana was built in the Bitterroot Valley by Father Ravalli <coughs> down in St. Mary's Mission. It was water powered and it had a single blade that he had crafted out of a wagon wheel that was made of iron, hammered flat, with the teeth cut with a cold chisel and file. People were arriving in Montana every day by the droves, and Thomas Francis Maher, the uh, Irish rebel who became our first territorial governor, when he first arrived in 1865, he traveled across the mountains to visit with Father Ravalli, and he was struck by the vast timbered hills of Montana. As a result of that, he laid the first legislative groundwork that later became Yellowstone Park, one of the few places out west that was still safe from the lumber companies. And with the start of the Civil War in 1861, westward expansion virtually came to a standstill, although the demand for timber only increased. Now, hardwood was being cut down south. There's a yellow rose of Texas that I am going to see. I know she's waiting for me, nobody, only me. Now around this time, the first Christmas card was sent, and it featured a pine tree with the words, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. It wasn't mailed until after Reconstruction, because between 1861 and 65, nobody could afford a stamp. And the northern trees were not spared either. 
Glory, glory, hallelujah, his truth is marching on. Now the tradition of the Yule log also became popular, even though it's an ancient tradition signifying the return of the sun and warmth and heat and light. See, traditionally, the Yule log was an entire tree that was brought into the house and fed slowly into the fireplace as it burned for weeks, leading to another Christmas tradition, that of calling the fire department on Christmas Eve. And many of today's Christmas traditions that we enjoy are really not that old. Most of them uh, coming into existence around the Civil War period. For example, the Christmas tree. As far back as ancient Egypt, of course, trees were used in sacred ceremonies, and the Druids of prehistoric Europe worshipped trees and organized their calendars around it. But the Christmas tree that we know is said to have originated with Martin Luther, who was the first man to decorate his tree with lighted candles. He was also apparently the first firefighter. <laughs> and the national Christmas tree, way back in 1933, 1923, excuse me, was initiated under President Calvin Coolidge, who characteristically remarked, three national Christmas trees have come to, from Montana. Now, you know, there is a song about that tree, and I'm sure you all know it, so sing along with me. Now, come on, come on, I know you, you say you don't know the words, but... This is the Montana version of the famous carol, so you all know it, I promise you. Just sing along. Here we go. Oh, Christmas tree, 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 oh, Christmas tree. Oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree. And you said you didn't know the words. <coughs> After the war, the Northern Pacific Railroad purchased right away for a line to run 2,100 miles from Lake Superior to Puget Sound, and it included 14 million acres in Montana. As I ponder on this tragic situation of man's machines against a crying sky, I await a revelation. God save the mountains, God save the sea, and far below I see the street. In 1870, the largest lumber mill between Wisconsin and the West Coast sat firmly at Bonner, Montana Territory. And forested land was being cut at the rate of 6,400 acres a day. If there's a way, Lord above, I hope we find it. Because today we can't see you above the clouds we can't hear you above the shouts all we hear is raging thunder 1891 Forest Reserve Act empowered the president to set aside forest service land for public use creating 133 million acres 
of Forest Reserve. It was a start. God save the mountains, God save the sea, and far below I see the streets. In 1905, under Teddy Roosevelt, Gifford Pinchot established what we now know as the U.S. Forest Service to manage over 190 million acres of national forest grasslands to provide the greatest amount of good for the greatest amount of people for all time. The salary of the first forest ranger is $1,300 a year, and you had to bring your own supplies, your own boat, your own horse, and your own tack. Experience, said the rudimentary manual, not book education is sought. And as they say, a penny saved is a forester's pension. <laughs> they took all the trees, put them in a tree museum. And they charged all the people a dollar and a half just to see them. Don't it always seem to go? That you don't know what you got till it's gone. They gave paradise and they put up a parking lot. They gave paradise and they put up a parking lot. They put up a parking lot. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the mighty endeavor of Montana, the copper company in Butte, Montana, was going great guns thanks to Marcus Daly. Now, a blessing or a curse, Daly's hold on Montana included railroads and other transportation, and agriculture grew exponentially with his purchase of three million acres of northern Pacific timberlands. And in 1937, the Anaconda Company donated 19,000 of those acres to set up Lubrecht Forest named for the company's general manager. Oh, I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I work all night and I sleep all day. I wear long johns, I cut down trees, I go to the laboratory. Now, a presentation about trees wouldn't be anything without that song, and you know it. <laughs> the new frontier was slowly becoming civilized, way out here. And while timber and railroad conglomerates had their way with the land, people came from everywhere to establish that collective Western lifestyle. Took my family away from my Carolina home, had dreams about the West and started to roam. Six long months on a dust-covered trail. They say heaven's at the end, but it's so far it's been hell. And then what would be known as the Big Burn exploded in Idaho and Montana. The American dream became a nightmare. And there's fire on the mountain, lightning in the air. Gold in them hills and it's waiting for me there. On August 20, 1910, hurricane force winds fanned the flyers, burning over three million acres in Montana and Idaho, killing 85 people, including 75 firefighters and rangers. Now my widow, she weeps by my grave, tears
tears flow for her man that she couldn't save. Three days later, <coughs> snow fell on Missoula's Mount Sentinel. That's called summer in Montana. <laughs> and there's fire on the mountain, lightning in the air. Golden air hills and it's waiting for me there. established Glacier. Yellowstone, of course, was the first in 1872. And for years, concessionaires, guides, wranglers, hospitality folks, and gear jammers were required to learn and sing the Glacier Park song. There's a garden in the sky where the sun and stars go by, a majestic land of peace and harmony. And echoes from her laughing rills, temple spires and wooded hills, where I come to bring a sweet melody. In the rocky mountains beyond the garden wall, there's a land the fairest to see, where the sun shines brightly. And the glacier waters fall, rolling down to the great crystal sea. I stand, I gaze, and I wonder, could heaven more beautiful be? In the land of glory, I And join in the Glacier Park song. In 1913, the Forestry Department was established at the University of Montana, Missoula, arguably the best of the nation's top three forestry schools. <laughs> Thirteen years later, 1926, the last log drive made its way down the Blackfoot River to the Bonner Mill. Another forest fire in 1945 was the catalyst that created one of the most recognizable forestry spokespersons in the world. They even wrote a song about it, recorded by Eddie Arnold. With a ranger's hat and shovel and a pair of dungarees, you'll find him in the forest sniffing at the breeze. People stop and pay attention when he tells them to beware, cause everybody knows he's the fire preventing bear. Smokey the bear, Smokey the bear, prowling and a growling and a sniffing the air. He can spot a fire before it starts to flame. 
That's why they call him Smokey. That's how he got his name. I didn't say it was a All right, enough with the mighty men. Weren't there mighty women in the fight for natural resource preservation? Of course there were, many. Hallie Daggett was the first woman employed by the Forest Service. It would be almost a hundred years later that the Forest Service appointed its first woman chief, Abigail Kimball, in 2007. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas worked to, to present the Everglades, saying, it is a woman's business to be interested in the, in the environment. It's an extended form of housekeeping. <laughs> Herma Albertson Bagley was the first female naturalist who worked for the National Park Service and paved the way for Fran Manella, the first woman director of the service, in 2001. Rosalie Edge was a suffragette and advocate for the preservation of birds. The time to protect a species, she said, is when it is still common. She also cautioned, when we're watching birds fly overhead, keep your mouth shut. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> and one mighty woman wrote a mighty book in 1962 that made the world sit up and take notice. Her name was Rachel Carson, and this is her song. It's called Silent Spring. Over the years, this is an original, by the way, 1959. Yes, I've had it since then. Over the years, timber concerns have changed hands, and mills have come and gone. President Johnson's wife, Lady Bird, instigated a conservation program that encouraged everyone to plant a tree, a bush, or a shrub. Arbor Day was founded in 1970, encouraging everyone to plant a tree for the future, for all the world to see. John Denver. <laughs> Remember, only you can prevent folk songs. Today, there's a lot of information about the history of Montana's timber industry, and I hope you take advantage of a, a lot of it that's at the Historical Society. And remember, if you're too shy to ask for help or ask for information, and you don't have access to computers or other ways to find information, you can always do what I do. I talk to the trees, but they don't listen to me. I talk to the stars, but they never hear me. The breeze hasn't time to stop and hear what I say. I talk to them all in vain. Thanks to everybody who organized the conference this year. What a great event for Montana. Thank you for letting me share this brief part of Montana's history. And uh, pleasure to share the stage with uh, Mary Jane Bradbury, of course. Thank you all for your support and your concern for preserving and teaching our history through this program and many others. In this series of education through entertainment, 
I do have CDs with some of the uh, songs from this show, and you can go on Facebook when you go and like me on Facebook. You can find out how to get those. And uh, I'd love to uh, stick around here. Of course, that's part of the program to answer questions and so forth. And, uh, you know, our history tells us who we are by reminding us of who we were. It's a dream come true. I tell you my dreams, and while you're listening to me, I suddenly 